Hey guys, and welcome to episode 25 of the Garage Athlete Show. We have the main man, Daniel Fraser, back after a couple of weeks' hiatus. Um, as it was mentioned last week, he's had a couple of new additions to the household, and well, all you guys that have had newborns around know how they, they don't like to stick to a schedule. So, yeah, great to have you back, mate. Um, yeah, it's better to be back in on a Q&A session. But yeah, how's how's things with you? Like, how are your girls settling in? How is it having just new babies around? Like, it's always yeah, it's been it's been like I'm still I guess like you know you have massive events. It's still sort of dust the settling, but basically it was a a hell of a um, an ordeal. Basically, unfortunately, my wife contracted COVID before the birth, so she had a raging temperature and was really not well at all and she was one week before when she was meant to go in for the um, scheduled c-section but um she we had to take her to hospital and uh, within going in getting scanned and the doctor the surgeon having a look at her she was sort of put straight ahead in for an emergency c-section because they were that worried about it and the babies um it wasn't looking good at all i think on the monitor i think the surgeon even said it was the worst reading she's ever seen so wow. it was good that she could get in and get them out straight away so it was really really full-on i mean at the same time you know Chloe was at school we had to get someone to sort her out but then <laughs> do you realize my wife i've uh, had covid and then now my friends isolating it's just like ah oh, nightmare yeah. so you know we had the babies i was managed there to be for the birth honestly i sat down they both came out uh then then my wife just bled out for ages and lost like three and a half liters of blood um wow. a bit scary she ba they basically closed down that operating theater for the afternoon because uh she was there for four hours because they just kept watching um her and taking care of her um really did save her life actually and then the twins one had to go to the um special care unit just because she had some problems breathing then luckily could come out after the day. And then I, was, I think I spent about four hours with them. And then I had to go home because uh, of the COVID, I wasn't allowed to be in. Um, so we then went out. Um, well, Mad, Mad stayed in hospital for five more days on her own, which was pretty tough in isolation. Uh, you know, you can imagine having just given birth with twins, with no one around, no, no one around you because you're not allowed. And then when nurses come to see you, they're, you know, absolutely covered with everything. So it was yeah, a bit of an ordeal. And then, you know, throw on top of that, uh, I've had to look after my daughter for a couple of weeks. Um, she's nearing the end. She's got a few more days left. And um, we were, our isolation's up now, which is, oh, God, I, I think I skipped down the aisle in little yesterday, honestly. Like, I felt like I felt like Christmas. But, you know, my poor wife's stuck in hospital with that. You know, I've, I've been at home uh, looking after my daughter, trying to do a bit. You know, they're, they're only a, kid, a toddler, but, but, you know, they've still got some schoolwork to do, you know, le learning, and it's, it's quite tough and being stuck at home. It was a bit ice. It was... Um, Obviously isolation, but it was lonely, man. Just sitting at home, like no human interaction per se. It was it was it was an odd experience. It's, it's different when it's like lockdown and almost like you're choosing to be there. Whereas when you're you know you physically can't go out, even if you just needed to go out and get some milk or something like that. Like the the it has a different effect like on your mind because the choice is kind of being taken away. And as you said, you you feel that like isolation a little bit more. Mm. Um Sorry, that was my phone falling over. That's all right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brutal, mate. And, you know, I guess I'm self-employed, so I've had to, you know, take the hit there, which is fine. Um, it's totally fine. It was it's like paternity time anyway, leave, really. But it really yeah. was a strange, it was a strange experience, like knowing, you know, your wife and newborns that are in hospital, you're not allowed to see them and you're just waiting for the day that they're allowed out. But then you also have to, you know, you've got another kid to look after and you really have to make sure she's taken care of. So it's a... Um, 
Yeah, it was, it was a very strange situation. I mean, I, I guess the reason I can come on today is my mother-in-law's up now, so we've got some more help okay. um, with, with the babies and everything. But it was just, yeah, just chaos. Uh, you know, newborns are nocturnal, especially yeah. two. Like, two is definitely harder. Than <laughs> I was, I was going to say, what's what's it like having two of them? Like, I remember Willow. It was five p.m. for like an hour. She just wouldn't stop crying. Like, no matter. Did you have colic? Did she? Um. She had colic, but it wasn't like really, really bad. It was literally from like five till six p.m. Uh, after my, I took like a week paternity. I was still working for the a gym at that point, so like I missed most of those evenings. But sometimes I'd come back at like because I'd finish at like ten, and Natalie would just be knackered just because it's just for the evenings. It was just full on. Um, but how is it with as I said with two of them? Is it literally twice as much work? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, everyone says, oh, they soothe each other, they help each other and all that. Like, do they fuck? Like, they're just, it's, it's weird. We've kind of got one that sleeps. I think if we had that, just um, Rifka, we'd probably be sleeping through the night. But then uh, Ash, some of the, the smaller of the twins, is just, you know, pretty active during the night. During the day, like, they're asleep now. Just that's all they do is sleep and eat and crap during the day. Sometimes <laughs> like, they come alive a bit. But we're trying to, we're trying to kind of get in a bit more routine. I think we're finding. Um, what do you call it? Uh, getting them both on the same schedule, I think, is going to help. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, like, in terms of like lifting, I haven't. I've only just started thinking about it again. I haven't lifted for like you know three, maybe even four weeks now. It's the longest I've ever gone. But it's just you know, life has kind of hit the fan. So it's taken a yeah. bit of a step back. But you know, I'm starting to get the get the feeling to go back in again. Now I know I've got a bit more help. But you know, it's, it's important to make sure everyone's all right before I start um, spending a couple of hours in the gym each day. But, um, yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's lovely to have them at home. It's incredible, as you know, having a, having a daughter. You got a daughter yourself. It's just, it's, it's wonderful, and I'm very thankful for the three of them. Yeah, she's she's currently throwing herself around the sofa. So if I keep looking away, it's because <laughs> no problem she's over there. And uh, well, as I mentioned to you guys before, she's uh, she's had a bit of an accident in the nursery, so we're in a little bit of a protective kind of mode at the moment. And um. I think it's just it's one of those when you have kids like it is very very hard to find that balance between letting them live life and experience things and at the end of the day they do have to like fall over and they do have to hurt themselves and have these sort of experiences but then you also want to protect them and you want to make sure that they don't uh you want them to have the best you do, you don't want them to be in pain but then on the other side of it they've they've got to have those experiences to kind of grow up it's just it's, it's a weird kind of feeling like the first time that they come home and they've, they've kind of been hurt at nursery by another child um as you can probably hear she's she's chatting away now as well oh, uh, <laughs> right uh shall we hit some questions so we've gone for another q and a session today um first one is from james crother Will training for strength endurance transfer over well to overall strength for a contest? Um, it depends how what your strength endurance is like. I'm just going to get the questions out, mate. That's okay. um, yeah, I guess it depends. I mean, no, James, I think it will help help you quite a lot. So, I mean, some guys you can see, he's talking about strongman, by the way, but like yeah. some guys on contest day, you can really see they start flagging towards the end. I mean, well, they are tough, like strongman competitions, but I think, yeah, there are only five events, so it's like it's all right. It's not that bad, but for some for some people, it is really tough. I mean, the guys at World Strongest Man are just 
Because I think they've done event after event, heavy after heavy, like Max deadlift straight into other stuff. That's really hard. Yeah. And that's where recovery becomes really important. I think in terms of, you know, strength and endurance, yes, it's it's in, definitely important. I mean, strength, endurance, I guess it, it means being strong over a long time. And I, that's what I was thinking. Like, a lot of strongman style events are like the most amounts of reps at this set weights. So I'm guessing strength and endurance then is going it again it depends on who shows up on the day like if you've got a set weight and you can do 20 reps with that weight and everyone else can only do 15 because their lungs give out then yes of course it's kind of going to be important if you look at oh, what's his name uh trained by jp's missus um what's the name kai like they do progressive overload in sets of like six to 12 all the time but then she goes and competes in power in female powerlifting and goes and does one rep maxes so i think if you're training to failure i think it does cross over but it's you don't want to pick like one or the other it's sprinkled them both in like have some training blocks where you go for like maximum strength and other training blocks where you're going to do more strength endurance like with strongman it's not just as you said it's not just who's got the best deadlift there's lots and lots of different events that are going to require different what's the right word um i can't remember what what the word is but the so you've got like strength endurance maximal strength cardiovascular fitness it's going to require different like Bits. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I'll put Peppa Pig on for you. Get her on the cast. Get her, get her on the cast, man. So <laughs> I'm just rereading again. Will training, will training for strength endurance transfer over well to overall strength for a contest? So I mean, it, no, it, no, no, no. Get come off that, come off that, please. I'm going to try and say probably. I don't. Right, come around here. Come around I don't here. think it will then. So will training for strength endurance, training for strength endurance transfer over well to overall strength? I mean, I guess a bit, but if you want to, do you think? Do you think by overall strength he means absolute strength? I think James, you have to clarify. That. Yeah, I, I think we need. It's absolute. a bit of a vague question. If it's right, and I want to train for my one rep max because I'm doing a powerlifting competition. So then strength endurance train, is it? Yeah, that's absolutely. what I mean. Whereas if it's right, I'm training for strongman, and there's going to be ten different events. And it's being the strongest man there, then yes, it kind of will trans- it will transfer across. But again, it's, it's in specific. Say what we'll say is James, it's a shit question. Come back. <laughs> I just I just don't know how. Maybe it's baby brain, but I'm just like there's so many different ways. There to there's too many variables in yeah, there. Yeah, um, be because we like, strength endurance help you one rep max. Well, well, no, it won't. So, but, <laughs> Be strong for all the events, all that. Yeah, yeah. Now I've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James, ask better questions. Luckily, <laughs> ask two more. So we'll move on to the next. One. So, hey. What's the strangest gym equipment you have ever seen? I once saw a three-inch hexagon-shaped shaft on an axle bar that the gym called the pig. That sounds cool. So yeah, what's the strangest bit of gym equipment you've ever seen? And I've got a good one for this one. I'll try and send it. Um, to you. I haven't really trained in that many like quirky gyms. Um, but like this, I just thought of one actually. The spit and sawdust, it's like it, it was a weight stack, 
and they just like welded an arm like onto the top of it so that you could either do you could change the level of the arm so it could come down low so you could do shrugs or you could bring it up like a little bit higher and get underneath it and do like a viking press with it but it's literally the guy had taken a weight stack off something just welded some like box steel onto it and then it was like yeah that's a machine now it's like that that clearly i've never seen that anywhere and i've never seen it since it doesn't have like an official name on it it's just like yeah so yeah you can tell it's some <laughs> it's some diy welder that the, the owner obviously knew was like right we stuff like, that. like you know proper like rad gym equipment we're like what like where, where did where did you create that or why have you done that you're like proper like diy jobs yeah um What's, what's the one? So, the best one I've ever seen, which I'm trying to find, but I can't find it at the moment, is there's a piece of equipment which that I'll, I'll try and see if I can get on Instagram and find it. Basically, it's a harness which you wear, you wear on the front of you. You know, like similar to those front squat harnesses. So it looks like kind of auditorial arena, but it's got this massive, uh, like uh, you know, like a collar. So it looks like. A which you load plates onto the form. Where it sits is it's I've, yes, I've seen that. It's like pelvis area, and you like, yeah, and it's like the ultimate calisthenics workout gear, and it literally looks like a dildo coming out of his chest. That's it, yeah, and you load it up with plates, and you go for a walk. So I think it's to help with um, your pelvic tilt. I think they like there's this amazing video of Donald running around. He's like the world's What do you want? You want, you want a barbecue? Okay, and uh, right. it's just hilarious. You watch it, and you're like, "Wow!" But uh, that's definitely the the strangest bit of equipment I've ever seen. Is that thing where just like loaded up, just like walking with it. It's so funny when you see it. It really takes you back. I've, I've, I'd like to use one because I want to see if they're they're good and do what they say. But you know, the people rave about them that have used them. But uh, that, that's quite a funny bit of gym equipment I've seen. And then uh, what else can I? What's just another strange thing I've seen? I think neck machines always take you back a little bit as well. When you're sat, at the, basically you sit at a machine, you, it pushes on your neck. We used to have one at Quinn's and you'd like push it there and you'd like play with it. But it was this full massive machine that the S&C department bought. So you'd be like proper like pushing your neck forward and back. And it's, I haven't seen one. They're meant to help with concussions, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, there's that big sort of like, I think it's, I don't know what it's called. There's like a, it's like the a iron neck. Iron neck. Yeah. That's quite popular. But this one was like a giant like stack of weights. You sat in and moved your neck around and it was like, <laughs> it, was big, it was a big bit of kit for a very specific purpose. Yeah. I suppose in rugby though, it's, it's concussion prevention became very big, didn't it? Like they were everything they seemed to be doing everywhere was to try and like be monitoring people's level of concussion and stuff. But no, definitely the uh, the iron dildo is definitely the uh, strangest bit of equipment. <laughs> so next one uh, again from James. We'll run. We'll starting to run short distance as max three miles have a negative effect on being a strength athlete. I want to take care of my health more than just pushing for PBs. Well, I think in short, yes, it will have a negative impact. I don't know a single top level strength athlete that does that. But then you've answered your question. I'm more interested in my health. Go for that run. It'll be much better for you to have more of a balance. Um, and I don't. And I think, in terms of the percentage it might take off your lifts, 
it's probably worth throwing in anyway. I mean, you say if it costs you five kilos off a lift, maybe, I don't know. But then if you're not competing to be winning things and you don't necessarily have to worry about that five kilos and, you know, if you take that run out, it will come back. But um, yeah, definitely. I, I do think it will have a negative impact um, because I said so. <laughs> but then, uh, I need to find some studies on it. But then I don't know a single like top really high level when talking like trying to be the best in the world that cracks on with running while they're lifting. Um, I think if you're a casual lifter, yeah, I think you should be able to run and lift as uh, heavy as well. So I mean, if you're more interested in your health and yeah, definitely go for that run. I think it would do you the world of good. Yeah, and looking at it from kind of like a bodybuilding standpoint, um, at the end of the day, when we're cutting, we add in cardio. What you'll see the majority of bodybuilders add in like walking and being on a bike just because running is quite like, it's high impact. So even though it might not be high intensity when you're doing it, it's still high impact, which means there is a level of recoverability that's needed from going out for a road run. So what it will do is it will take away from your leg training. That's why the majority of bodybuilders stay away from running as a form of cardio. So like you said, if it is going to impact your ability to train your legs just because you're adding more stress into the system that needs recovering from. So if it's for health benefits, there are other ways to get those health benefits in if you're also wanting to maximize strength. But you're saying, I want to take care of my health more than just pushing for PBs. Now, I don't know any runners that don't have messed up ankles, knees, and hips when they've done it for a long period of time. Again, because it's that high impact um sort of exercise maybe it's just because i hate running myself like whenever i've done it i i fucking hate it so i don't know why anyone would choose to go and do that but if it's just cardiovascular health you're looking for there are other ways you can improve your cardiovascular health without going for a run so if you enjoy running and you like going for a run, then crack on. Like it's, it is a great way to improve your cardiovascular health. Just make sure you're doing all the other stuff to keep your mobility and everything working well. But there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, James Mack. So leg extension alternatives for home gym. I know they might not be needed. And some people just say squat, etc. I was thinking maybe sissy squats. So if you want your squats to hit your quads more, um, pop something behind your heels uh, and do heels elevated. That's going to hit your squats more. Also uh, hit your squats more, quads more. Uh, heel elevated front squats, definitely hit your quads more. You mentioned sissy squats. Um, lunge variations. There's lots of different lunge variations that you can alter slightly so it hits your quad more. Um, high knee step ups, so where your top foot is up on a box or on the bench and stepping up from that position. Again, that's going to hit your quads more. So I like leg extensions. I'm a bodybuilder. Like I've got a leg extension, like attachment for the end of my bench. Um, it's not the greatest in the world. Doesn't have the greatest angle. Doesn't feel amazing, but I use it. There, again, there's, there's lots and lots of different variations that you can do in there. If you're wanting to target quads, um, I'm not sure how much you'd want to target your quads kind of in powerlifting or why is it you're wanting to target your quads is would be the question that I'm going to be asking. Because uh, they, they, they want to build them, um, uh, build them up a bit more. I mean, most, you know, a lot of raw squatters is, is quite 
the quads are very important, especially in raw, raw squatting. Um, my main move is on my oh, sorry, my main move is on my quads when I'm squatting. Um, very quad dominant. Throw stuff in there, you know, it's one of those things they say, oh, you don't need to leg press because you squat loads, whereas, you know, some guys swear by adding leg presses in to get their squat up. And I think sometimes people just throw leg extensions in as like an insurance thing, just might help, might not, but I like doing them, so I'll throw them in. Um, in terms of alternatives for home gym, I mean, the first one that springs to mind is kneeling on the floor and doing like the, is it, the, I don't know what it's called, is it the reverse Nordic curl or something? So you're kneeling on the floor and then your body goes backwards and then back up. So you kind oh, of yeah. lever that way. Um, it's quite difficult. So if you need some help, get a band and hold it in front of you and use that body weight to go backwards and forwards. So I say that is the best alternative for a home gym because it doesn't really require anything uh, other than you and potentially a band. Um, and then other stuff, I mean, if, if you want to do that knee extension, leg extension, it's a uh, single joint, it's got to be a leg extension. So, I mean, uh, sissy squats is a good one. You know, they're one of those ones. I think they're quite fun. I like doing those. But, yeah, definitely that, um, I don't know what it's called, the reverse Nordic curl or kneeling knee extensions. I think they're <laughs> a good alternative to finish off your leg day with. Definitely. Okay. Um, what's next? Ben Ingerson. Which of the main lifts, in your experience, do you feel find deteriorates quickest through lack of training? Which needs the most constant work to maintain strength? I think those are two different questions. Mm. Um, which deteriorates quickest is push movements, <laughs> especially when I'm dieting. Like oh, my dieting kills push. and my deadlift, some of my pulls, my so my pulling movements and my back movements and my legs until I'm like six weeks out, we'll stay pretty consistent. Actually, I'm probably able to keep progressing the strength on those. But yeah, pushing movements, just they just disintegrate very, very quickly. Um, I don't know what it is about kind of the pushing movements and why they're affected by dieting and stuff so quickly. Um, I don't know whether it's the same for detraining, just because it's been a long time since I went through a long period of detraining. I've touched wood. I've been quite lucky with like not having uh, major injuries. Um, I'm guessing you've probably got more experience with that with clients and stuff with the rehab work that you do. Yeah, I'd say it, it, it's the movement you're worst at that takes the longest to come back. Um, actually, maybe not. I think that they're all pretty much... Um, sorry, just... <coughs> they, they all pretty much take a while to come back. Um, Deteriorates quickest through lack of training. I mean, bench press is one of those things you, can, you need to train quite frequently. So I think if you're only benching once a week, you, you will start losing some gains on that. I think deadlift is one of those ones where... It does progress well if you, you train a lot, but you can get away with not training it as frequently and progress. I think for me personally, I'd say probably um, bench press. Yeah, it's probably the one that falls off the planet if I don't do it consistently and maybe deadlift and then squat last. But I mean, that's, it, I think it's personal, you know. Like, I'd, I'd I was going to say that the next point on the next question of which... Um, which needs the most constant work to maintain strength for me it's squats like if i have done a deload week and i go back i can normally hit like the, my bench numbers quite easily but i find when i'm going back into my squats it takes a couple of weeks to get back up to my numbers even if i've just like had one week off and yeah. um, i think it might be just because the loads that 
we are pushing when we're squatting are that much higher. So I don't know if the energy demand kind of comes up, but like for me at the moment, I'm doing hack squats as like my big squatting movement. And well, when I cycled that out and then have brought it back in, I had to come right back just because I'm doing sets of 20 on them now as well. So it's my lungs that are giving out before my, um, you're thirsty, giving out before my, um, legs do um right, i'm going to leave you to carry on answering this just while i get the princess a drink because she's obviously very demanding uh, fantastic yes yeah, i mean i think in terms of needs a lot of constant consistent work five times a week bench pressing and i would recommend it for some people that are stuck like the first thing i say if you're normally stuck on benches try benching more uh, normally it's quite a good thing. Same with squatting as well. If you're stuck on squats at once a week, move up to three to two to three times a week. Um, definitely uh, helps last through plateaus. And there's, there's some guys deadlifting now, you know, even top level like strongmen going up to four times a week deadlifting to make some progression. Because uh, normally, normally not always, but if you're not progressing or on, uh, I think you're talking about maintaining, you probably have to add some more in, you know, as the general rule of thumb. It's not always the case. There's other factors involved. But I think you need to look at boosting up your volume a bit so i think in terms of uh, getting better what we've got these consistent moments and extra yeah i find bench needs the most consistent or pre or military press to progress probably squat second and then deadlift third but uh, it's different you'll find some people who have naturally better leverages need less work um, or even though they can probably train it more, but you know, when they go back to lifting, they can normally be around closer to what they were lifting without putting too much work in. Whereas you'll find, you know, with your own training, there'll be certain exercises you absolutely have to hammer to make progression or to keep them up. And you know, if you drop off just a little bit, then you won't be progressing. So, I mean, at the main lifts, I would say probably bench followed by squat followed by deadlift from what I think. Yeah, I was going to say, the deadlift seat for me tends to stay pretty consistent, even if I move away from it from a little while. Um, but I'm not pulling anywhere, as I said, because the rep ranges I work in, I think there's less. I think when the changes, when you're a power lifter and it's mostly neurological strength, do you find that comes off quicker, but comes back on quicker? Whereas when it's more working in the hypertrophy ranges, obviously you've got that strength, but it's it's more about the mind-muscle connection and doing the the higher rep ranges. You've got to be able to produce that force multiple times. So the time it takes you to improve that strength then takes longer, but it sticks around more. Or is that just pro science? No, I think that I think that makes some sense. I know RP's talked about it quite a bit, but you know, some guys seem to respond really well to really heavy all the time. You know, there's a yeah. lot of programs now which are putting the uh, heavy singles top sets in multiple times a week and guys are responding really well. So there's this, there was this theory saying, you know, what, what, what just basic block periodization that you need periods of hypertrophy followed by uh, strength followed by peaking. Whereas some people are saying a lot of lifters now successful lifters are going, well, no, like why as a part of the, do I need to do, all of these reps all the time just because the internet says so and they're having great success just sticking around their fives uh get you know getting their fives in get, getting some eights in and then doing some threes when it comes to testing i mean a lot of guys like i'm not 
competing anytime soon probably for the next three years so i'm like do i need to be doing sets of three or even so like deadlifting it's quite a taxing exercise so am i better off just sticking in the higher rep ranges um to get better but i mean yeah i think everyone's different hey like do you ever get it you can go this happens a lot in strength training you can have one phenomenal session followed by an absolutely terrible session yeah Um, and I know we're lifting in heavy reps, but I think in bodybuilding, do you get that as well, where you're lifting yeah. high reps and then the next day you're terrible? I know training doesn't exist. I always say training doesn't exist in a, uh, what do you call it? A Hoover. Linear. You know, it's, it's yeah. not just, I've had a great session and then I'll keep having them, you know, normal, normal or not, if you've had a crap session the next day, what have you done the previous day or the two previous okay. days? I've not gone into okay. that. I know. So, cool. You can certainly get used to a lot. Sorry, my daughter's kicking off now as well. Um, <laughs> no, it's the, the bit on Beauty and the Beast where the wolves are coming after her. So she's, she's going, big wolf, big wolf. <laughs> she's terrified. <laughs> I was going to, like, I was I'm watching it. I was just going, I don't remember Disney being this scary. <laughs> oh, mate, Disney, the old Disneys are intense, mate. We watched the, um, we tried watching the Hunchback of Notre Dame the other week. I, I was like, full on, mate. Like, like freaking, like, Devils in the fire. Do you, have, uh, do you have Disney Plus? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you watch the original Aladdin on Disney Plus now, it has a disclaimer at the beginning being like, um, we, we understand that some of the stereotypes that are shown in this cartoon are outdated by modern standards. But rather than edit it, we put this in here to understand to acknowledge that these were wrong at the these are wrong to have as stereotypes but um so if you watch like the remade versions they take out a lot of those like stereotypes about like the arabs and stuff that are in there it's i had noticed that for the first time the other day as, as if disney's had to, had to do that they finally admitted that they're a little bit curious it, it's not been great when you look back at it but you look at all the john uh, boyega stuff with um disney at the moment like I was thinking about it. He's got a point. Like Finn, Finn in Star Wars was like in the first on the first episode. I thought this guy's going to be a massive part of it. You know his story is arc. I was like, so you got the Force. You know all this kind of stuff. But then like totally ended up being like a side character. Like you know, I think it's you know decent. But I say I think it was brave of him to come out and say what he did. Um, but it did feel like yeah, he was completely sort of side. I'm like, was it you know was it just because they didn't write his character the way? it deserved or was he just pushed to the side you know because he's black i don't know by the because uh george lucas has come in now has he so george lucas originally wrote another trilogy that was like five years after the original trilogy so it was following like luke han and leia and like the rebuilding of the republic it looks like because Disney have bought it now, they're going to make like the, the multiverse and like the Mandalorian is like the Iron Man of the Disney multiverse. So they're going to have these different stories that kind of like thingy off the Mandalorian. So they're going to make like an MCU version of Star Wars, but they want um, Darth Maul to be the main like Sith bad guy in that because basically George Lucas is not happy with what they did with the um, the sequel trilogy. They're basically retconning it. They're just going, no, nah, well, that's not. I mean, what did you think of it? Um, I thought the first one was had was quite good. 
Um, they've basically they've just remade the original trilogy with new characters. That's just it. And this is the first one. Literally, was a new hope, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it's a new hope, just with a brown guy as Han Solo. (laughs) Like that's it. Um, But then they carried it on, and it's like you could have done so much more. And I think they they brought in they. Having three different directors didn't help because the story didn't flow. No. So they basically they completely messed up the second film with oh, going. I, and I then the again. director came in on the third film and just went, "Yeah, we we understand we fucked up the second film. So actually, we are going to make it so Palpatine is the main bad guy and now raise his granddaughter. So we're just going to take out that bit where it's like your parents were no one. Like when there was this big mystery about who her parents were." And the whole thing about the Jedi was the Jedi weren't meant to have families. So apart from the Skywalker lineage, there's there's no need for her grandfather to have been a, like a powerful like force user for her to become a powerful force user. Because as I said, up to that point for like 10,000 years before that, the Jedi weren't having families. Um, we've gone completely off. That is fun, man. I watched it. Uh, I watched Revenge of the Sith last night. Uh, was that the third one from the prequels? Yeah. And like, what's his, is it Hayden Christensen? Is that Hayden Christensen, yeah. Fuck me, he's terrible, isn't he? Just like this broody, grumpy, like, oh, master, I'll do whatever you say, blah, blah, blah. But uh, there's some bits in it which are phenomenal, like, whereas, um, uh, like some of the lightsaber jewels, but it just made me laugh at me. You know, like, I, I've got to find a way to start using it. You know, the higher ground me, where it's like, I've got the higher ground. I just, yeah. I'm like, I'm <laughs> well, just... It's, oh, it's one of those where, uh, have you watched like the Clone Wars TV show? I've just, well, I've just kind of started as like my background thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to get lost in that. Because of course, a lot of that stuff's now popping up in the Mandalorian. That's just like, it. Yes, and I'm gonna watch this now. It, it, through the TV show, they explain, like, why... Because in Revenge of the Sith, it just seems like, right, Anakin's, like, the poster boy of the Jedi, and then he suddenly just turns to the dark side, like, what? Yeah, all of a sudden he's like, I'll do whatever you want. Cheers, and man. that's just it. But in the TV it show, it shows how, like, he gets disillusioned with the Council. Um, there's, like, lots of things that happen throughout the Clone Wars that then make him essentially turn against the Jedi. Yeah, no, but it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Um, I'm getting back in. I love, uh, I love like geeking out and things. You know, like the YouTube. You know, people got to have made there's some amazing YouTube channels on it. Like, I think I probably watch more, um, uh, what do you call it, comic and Star Wars channels than I do fitness channels now. In fact, I don't really watch many fitness channels at all. Um, but it's uh, it's hilarious. Uh, it's so cool. Like how how deep people go in on it. Like oh yeah. Like, well that's just it like they're starting to flesh out the um the star wars universe now a lot of like the history is basically when disney bought it they retconned a lot of stuff and made it legends so that's not canon anymore but they'll bring bits back i reckon like they'll bring in i reckon they'll bring in the dark revan uh, in the oh, what's it called the old republic like there's a whole storyline about the old republic games and all that and then um apparently they're trying to recruit dave batista to be darth bane so darth bane's the one who created um the rule of two and um, and his story is just sick like if they can get batista to be darth bane that that will make up for the terrible um 
thingy movies, but I think they'll do it as a TV show because there's more money in a TV show. I think Disney Plus has kind of changed. Well, not, it hasn't changed the game because Netflix, I guess, did that, but it's really... They're it's, really. I think it's changed the game in terms of Disney and their universes because obviously they already have the MCU mm. and that has changed the landscape now. Like They understand about making an extended universe around their stories and actually that will then create more of a hype because if you look at like the Avengers things like it took them what 10 movies to get the first Avengers movie and every Avengers movie after that has just got bigger and bigger because people get properly invested in the characters you're not trying to if you've got an ensemble it's like the mistake they made with um, Justice League you weren't invested enough in the characters in Justice League to make that movie great like, you'd had a bit of a backstory about Superman. Then Superman versus Batman introduced Batman. And then, like, Cyborg, Aquaman, and um, and they have the Wonder Woman. Did the Wonder Woman film come out after or before? Uh, it came out after Batman, Superman. Yeah. So they, they didn't spend enough time, like, building the backstory for people to care about the characters enough. Um. Well, my sister was telling me they might be bringing out a different version of the Justice League. So I don't know if you know what happened with that. Yeah, Basically, they, they changed they the director. The yeah, they, they yeah. released the Snyder Cut. So I think everyone is like doing backflips waiting for that. Yeah, because nothing decent is probably going to come out over the next year or so because of COVID. <laughs> They've not been able to film anything. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not just, I mean, COVID's really, really, you know, it has changed the world. And I'm trying to think in terms of gym equipment as well. Just like everyone's like, oh, you know, COVID be over and everything's going to be back to normal. I don't I don't see, uh, you know, used equipment prices dropping to, you know, the good old days of a pound a kilo anytime soon. And no, like, it's going to be a good few years. You go on a website, you know, it used to be you'd have, you would, you know, look at so many different racks, you know, potentially to buy from going well. Like when I bought my... Um, that was a steel one. I think I was looking at, you know, several different websites comparing, comparing, looking at prices. Yeah. This. Whereas now it just seems if one pops up, you have to buy it, whether it's the one you want on, you know, particularly yeah. or not. And it's just, it just blows my mind that it's not, the supply chain's not going to improve that drastically anytime soon. And then throwing Brexit on top of it as well. Like, it's just, it's, it's insane. Like, just, yeah. You think about it, just the whole gym, because, you know, because we've been having home gyms for a while and you could always pick up stuff of, you know, we, you know, I don't know about you, but I check Marketplace nearly daily just to see what's around. I used to, but now it's just like, there's no points, it'll just upset me. <laughs> oh, mate, I go on there and there's a, a pair of like, clearly like the guy hasn't even bothered to take his own photos of it. They've just screenshotted the Argos website and then they're putting up for three times the price because as soon as the Argos weights came out, they've all bought them up. So they're sold out again. And then they're putting it off for double the price. And yeah, it's just like... Twat up here. He keeps buying... It's the same guy, same profile. All he does is buy new bumper plates and sell them uh, online. But, you know, he's only selling them for like 50, 60 quid more than what he's buying them for. Well, not even that. But they hang around for ages. But it's just so fucking frustrating, like, buying new to sell. I mean, like, if you had some of your own used equipment and you want to make a bit of cash, and you're like, all right, fair enough. But yeah. just the whole buying new to sell straight away just really... That really gets me. And I know, you know, open market, supply and demand, capitalism, blah, 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 whatever you want to say. It's just fucking shit. Like, they just set out. You see them turn up the next day as well. And it's happening happening with the PS5s as well. And uh, it's just people look to make this quick buck. But I'm like, for the sake of, like, 
few quid, you, you, you might have invested in it, how much everyone's going to think you're an arsehole. Like, is it worth it? Yeah, the, the whole PS5 debate, don't get me started on that. Like, Did um, you want one? No, my stepson was talking about getting one for Christmas, and I was like, I managed to talk his mum and dad out of it, because I was like, because Muggins over here is going to be the one that sat on the website trying to <laughs> buy it, um, because they both work, and I was like, look, it's, it's only just coming out, They've, the pre-sale sold out in like 12 hours, and when they came on sale physically, they sold out in less than a day, like... Sony and Microsoft have both come out and said, like, this Christmas season with their new generation consoles, the problem is going to be being able to keep up with demand. They, they, because of COVID, the factories aren't churning out as many as they should. They've had to have delays on the things because, like, the last minute testing and stuff couldn't get done properly. Like, there is problems. Um, with these new consoles. With a new console, there's always bugs and stuff as well. Like, I'm reading reviews on it already, and people are already putting in things like certain features aren't working and, like, certain things you'd expect to be happening. Willow, stop it. Um, with something that's completely brand new aren't happening, and you're saying hello. Yeah, where's your drink gone? Where's Hulk Smash? Yeah, Hulk smash. Um, right, let's get back to the questions. We've gone off on a massive tangent there. I don't even remember how we ended up talking about Marvel. <laughs> oh, man. That, 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 it was Star cool. Wars first, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Star Wars again, mate. I was obsessed with it as a kid. And then I, you know, fell off of it. Now I'm, like, discovering it again and, like, just get anything to, like, I think just take yourself away from what's happening. Yeah. You are have some, a hobby that's just not lifting. Um, it's healthy like I think for us because we work in the industry as well like when all you have is coaching and lifting then you're not like a very follow you right, wait, what do you want what do you, what do you want what do you want tell me what you want you want okay, to you're hungry okay right um the next one is one specifically for me. So, uh, favorite variation of the big three, e.g., poor squat, tempo bench, etc., in particular ones for people who have limited amounts of weight. So, I'll let you go on these while I just get some more food. Yeah, so my favorite variations of let's start squats. Probably say like a maybe a close stance high bar squat. Uh, I quite like because I think it's very beneficial to my low bar squat. Um, that and a poor squat's really, I've always had good success with those. But I think, yeah, personally, like a, if we're getting just simple, then a high, high bar, poor, high bar, high bar, narrow stance, you know, rep kind of over five rep squat seems to always do me good. Feels good on the legs. It feels a good challenge. Uh, anything that makes an exercise harder is always a good thing in my mind to improve your main lift um, because you're working on areas that might be getting slightly neglected. Um, you know, say your upper back or your quad strength. But I think any, if you can find a variation which you find challenging, then it should definitely be in your program. In terms of bench, in terms of variations for that, big fan of bench. I don't do too many variations on bench because I just kind of like bench, but I like dumbbell bench and I think it's quite a good one. 
uh, as a variation. I enjoy doing that. So but I guess if we're talking specifically very like secondary lifts, then I would probably say I quite like spoto pressing because I think it really teaches you how to keep tight in your upper back, which a lot of people lose um, that sort of scapular tightness and control when the bench in. So well, I like it because basically drop the bench down quite fast, but then you stop about an inch of the chest. So you drop down rapidly, you stop like very uh, deliberately, and then you press back up. But by yeah. coming down fast and doing that stop, it teaches you how to really keep everything switched on. Because a lot of people in the bottom, you'll see them like flare out or, you know, yeah. do the old sort of crab benching when they start doing this to get it up. So it really teaches you to stay there and then come back up. Um, so I really like that one. I'm a big fan of um, benching in a quarter where you sort of come down, come up a quarter, come back down and they go all the way up. Like they're yeah. always tough. In terms of deadlifts, uh, I think snatch grip deadlift is really good if you can get the mobility in position to do it because it really taxes the upper back. Uh, you, the weight gets reduced because it's hard and it hits everything. So I think my favorite variation on that at the moment is stiff leg and snatch grip. Um, they're probably my favorite at the moment. So you could probably be cheeky and throw two in and do a stiff leg snatch grip deadlift. So I think they would be yeah. my very favorite for those. So for me, in terms of big three so benching so um i'm a big fan of the uh swiss bar in terms of benching just because i'm getting some issues with my shoulders at the moment and just having that swiss bar and being able to adjust kind of where my hand grip is rather than just the um normal overhand grip i'm finding really really helpful and it's it's taxing like when you go to a neutral grip when you've used to benching with just a normal grip and you go to a neutral grip I'm, i've had to drop it back down to like 50 60 kilos whereas i was closest like 80 90 100 for like sets um for squats it's uh it's a one and one half rep squat so just like you were saying with the bench so yeah. it's all the way down halfway back up back down and up like if you want, I normally prescribe those to people when I have done box squats. So when I'm teaching them to squat properly and get below parallel, I'll do box squats first, then goblet squats, then one and one half rep squats, because it, they just spend longer in that bottom half of the movement, which is where most people are quite weak. So just getting them to be down there with the bar on their back for longer, it just... And then when they go to normal squatting, it feels ridiculously easy because they've had that weight down in that bottom position for kind of that little bit longer. And then I don't really do too much or too many different variations of deadlift. I just, I use rat balls just because yeah. um, I think deadlifting from the floor, while it is, if you're a powerlifter, you've kind of got to be able to do it. Whereas for most gen pop people, like they, they don't need to be able to deadlift from the floor. You get the majority of the benefits moving the bar from just below your knee to kind of like up to the top in terms of like aesthetics and um, rebalancing things out. He's got a gold bar. Very proud of himself. Um, I love gold bars. That is a good chocolate choice. What is a gold bar? Is it white chocolate or is it like caramel chocolate? It's, I think it's caramel chocolate because it's not, it's not quite white chocolate. It's like a yellowy colour, isn't it? I don't know what it is, but it's bloody delicious. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Willow's just told you it's yellow chocolate. Yellow, yellow chocolate. There you go. Uh, have you ever seen those? Uh, they're called like cookie pies now. People are making them, like new ways to get fat and diabetes. <laughs> like cookies, like which have create a pie crust, but in the middle of it, it's like 
gold bars filled with like I don't know some kind of frosting, so like a cheesecake sort of thing. Uh, yeah, kind yeah. of, but then covered on top with cookie, and it's like an actual cookie pie. And I was like, mate, where are these things coming from? And I love it. Like, <laughs> it's because the- people have a lot more time on their hands because it's just been locked down, and they're going, "Well, I don't want to get fit and healthy. I want to get fat and happy." So. <laughs> Fat and happy. Oh, fat man. and happy. Who's not happy when they're carrying a little bit of extra body fat? Because there was a uh, fat and happy. Two months later, I'm absolutely miserable. <laughs> so why why can't I see my penis anymore? <laughs> uh, <laughs> amazing. Right. Last question. Oh, no. I'll go to the one that we skipped over. Right. So uh, this one came through from a client, but he is a member of the group as well. So he said, if I wanted to ask it on the podcast, then it's fine. So um, the question is, I was looking through your Instagram and at some old... Pe- you okay? I'm just trying to choke. Okay. I was looking through your Instagram at some old posts about your bodybuilding prep. Considering how hard it was mentally, what makes you want to go through it again? Or was it just the chicken and rice bit that needs to be changed? So there's like two parts to this question number one is like why why put yourself through that a, a prep um because it's hard like anybody who's ever been on like a diet getting down to like photo shoot lean just like yourself did or to go and do a bodybuilding prep um it's hard work and it's very very mentally taxing you need a baby wipe it's absolutely brutal. I mean, like, I'll try and talk for Donald Bloody just the way sorting that out. But I think if you, it's one of those things, if you've been through it and you've got that, basically, I think what Donald kind of did with getting that lean is he's done something which a very small percentage of people have done. And I think when you do that and you think about it, it's quite, it's, it's quite a big deal. Like that, that feeling that you've been able to get somewhere which no one has before. I think the, the, the knowing that you can, some people like the suck, you know, well, easy weather, as in they embrace that kind of knowing they can get to that level of leanness and push themselves to levels that not many people can do, I think can be very motivating and rewarding. And I think sometimes you think, I mean, did you hear any of what I was saying there, Don? No. I was basically saying, I was, I, you know, I was kind of speaking for you, but uh, I was kind of thinking in terms of doing the, the bodybuilding prep, I was saying maybe it's that you have achieved something which a very small percentage of the population has and knowing that you can get to somewhere which people normally stop or can't get to is quite rewarding. And then it's like almost that like embracing that, I call it embracing the suck or the, the really tough bits, knowing that, yeah, yeah this, but you're like, do you know what? I'm doing this. Well, for me, it's rewinding back about three years so uh natalie was pregnant with willow my training basically just actually no willow was about six months old my training had just gone to shit really like i'm one of those people (laughs) about a year before that um no it was about in the september i played my last rugby game um so i was like i can't be going out for the entire day on a sunday when i've got a newborn and stuff and because I didn't have anything to train for, like, I just kind of lost my mojo when it came to kind of being in the gym. Like, I'd go in the gym and I'd do a bit of this and a bit of that. And, like, there wasn't really any intensity, any focus. Like, I'm one of these people that I need kind of like a goal to really focus on. 
or else I just, my mind just goes to kind of like other places. So I, I made the decision uh, around that time that right, I wanted to go and compete. I, I probably spent about three or four months looking for a coach. Got a coach in the December. We went into a recomp phase and then into a building phase. And then I started prepping that year. So I took, I had a coach about nine months before that one. Uh, went and competed in the UK DFBA. First show, was nervous as hell. Didn't do as well as I wanted. I came last in my category. Um, but I could hold my head up high and know that actually, as you said, I've, I've done something that not many people do. A lot of people say they're going to compete and then they get into the meat and potatoes of it and they they just pussy out basically at the end because it's, it's hard work. It's very, very mentally taxing. Um, I then did, at the end of that show, because my missus, while I was dieting, like I was horrible to live with, um, my missus was like, up until I did the show, was like, right, that's the last one you're going to do. But then she saw me on stage and she saw how much hard work I'd put in and how much I enjoyed it. And basically we were talking in the car on the way home because I was, she was saying, well, when are you going to do your next one? I was like, I didn't think I was allowed to do another one. <laughs> um, so she was like, when are you going to do your next one? I was like, uh, I hadn't really thought about it. I think the next time that I, if I do another one, what I'll do is I'll try and do two that's quite close together. Um, like I'll do the rhinos or something. So I went that as well. There's one coming up in November. So why don't you do that one? You're already in shape and you were, if you'd got through to finals anyway, you'd have been going in October. So why don't you just kind of do that? So that's just a local show. It was untested. So I was going up against guys that are on juice. Like I will, um, I'll have to, bring up some photos of me in the novice bodybuilding class because there's me there at like 70 kilos on stage and the guy who won the novice class was at least 100 he was probably he'd probably be able to compete in the 212 category like this guy was a fucking monster um 100 kilos later stage lean is very big yeah so he was he was a big old boy um but in that show because i was going up against i was going into an untested fed there was no prerequisites in my head about where I wanted to finish like so I just went and I enjoyed it and you could tell by how my physique looked that I was less stressed when I was posing there's a big smile on my face and I was just relaxed and I enjoyed it and I enjoyed actually competing so this time can you stop that please so this time when I go it's to take the physique to another level I want to actually go and place and prove to myself that I am good enough to be up there with those other guys on stage like it was my first show like to come dead last in my first show it's a bit of mental toughness training as well to be able to push through that and take a loss and come back and do better next time <laughs> no, you, you hit some good, great points there. Like it's the only ones that made me interested. I got my pick. My attention was saying you felt great, 
So it's almost like making these sacrifices, maybe for you, they are sacrifices, but not as much as you'd think, because you know, by doing all these different bits of pieces, it's going to make you feel incredible. You know, we touched on slightly there being, you know, fat and happy. Yeah. You think it makes you have that short term fix, but it doesn't really. And then you think what that true happiness of you just feeling awesome on stage and feeling your, feeling your best knowing that you've put all that work in is what making you happy. So, I mean, that that's, that's quite a big thing. I think to touch on there, yes, you have to, you know, uh, make sacrifices, do all this kind of stuff and all that, but then it really ultimately makes you feel great. Well, when you stand up on that stage, and you've got, like, at my first show, my missus was there, one of my best mates was there. And even though I came last, it was in a very, very tough lineup. Like, I didn't, I didn't look out of place on stage. I wasn't like, like the fat guy that was up on stage. Like, I was in shape. It's just that we hadn't quite got my peak right. So my legs were a bit, like, washed out because I was basically holding a bit more water than I should have been. I was stressed as hell, which was making me hold more water. My posing needed a lot of work. And I think it's it's better to go into a first show and lose than go into a first show and win. Because if you go into a first show and win, you can go in and you're like, oh, it's going to be easy from now on. Whereas for now, I know I put in all that blood, sweat and tears and I got a participation trophy, which I, I don't really agree with them, but the medals are up in my garage somewhere. Um, yeah, and I'm saying, yeah, exactly. But it's one of those things where actually it's one of the few times where I'll agree with giving a participation medal because to be on that stage, to have got to that stage, there is a lot of work that goes into it regardless of kind of where you finish. So everyone that's there and kind of doesn't look out of place like at that local show there was they were clearly trying to make up some of the numbers in some of the categories like the masters class literally there was a guy up on that stage that it looks like they picked him out of the gym like the week before he obviously used to train quite well and he was up there and he, he wasn't in condition but there was two people in the category so they were desperate to get somebody else up there and it's just like I wouldn't want to be that I mean good on him for kind of getting up on stage and making up the numbers because he's probably he's probably one of the members of the gym that like runs the competition and they they just didn't want the other guy to be up there on his own because the other guy deserved to be there he was uh, I don't know if you know the masters category I think is 40 plus and then your grand masters which is 50 plus so I think it was the 50 plus category and there was like one guy there, but the guy who owns the gym is like a grandmaster's IFBB pro. So like, he's like at 50 odd, like shredded to the bone, like fucking jacked. And you've got this guy that's just like, looks like your average run in the mill. Guy that's just down the gym, bit of a belly on him. Like you can see there's abs under there somewhere. He's got the, the big arms and doing all this posing and everything, and he enjoyed it, bless him. So, yeah. And then the second thing is, yeah, I got a an actual prep coach this time. So the coach I got last time was a – he's a personal trainer. He's He'd prepped himself. He's prepped a couple of other guys, but his meat and potatoes was general population, whereas I've gone for a prep coach now who, one, he is – 
at a higher level in terms of natural bodybuilding than my previous coach. And the majority of what he does now is he works with athletes, getting them to the stage. So I think his attention to detail when it comes to those last few weeks is going to kind of be that much, much better. I mean, I've got nothing against my first coach, but when I signed up with him, I was like one of four online clients. By the time I left in the year, I think he was on like 50 online clients. So I wasn't getting the same level of care and attention at the end, which is when I needed it because that's when I was competing to where I was kind of like at the beginning. So yeah, just if, if you do want to prep for like a photo shoot or things like that, just like make sure you've got somebody who's really, really bought into the outcome. Yeah. I think we better wrap it up there, mate. I can hear some babies needing some help, buddy. But um, yeah. No, it's a good one. I enjoyed that last bit of the talk. Uh, you got me wanting to do a bodybuilding come now. Like, that's cool. <laughs> well, good luck. Don't yeah, tell you misses it was oh, me. Look at that. I wasn't even trained. Still fucking arms. Jesus. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> right. Let's tell the people where can they find you. So, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, I was thinking about actually starting to put these videos on YouTube. Um, just because I've got them all somewhere. And I think, actually, I could probably upload them at two a week. And uh, it'll t- still take me six months to catch up with where we are. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so Instagram, Barbells and Beans, Facebook, uh, just my name, Daniel Frazier. Had me, let's talk training. Any questions about gym equipment, I am always happy to talk about. So, yeah. Awesome. And for myself, it's at DGPT on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you have any questions in terms of training changing body composition or what to get in terms of like home gyms for bodybuilding more than uh happy to answer any questions that you guys have got so enjoy the rest of your day matey and i should have this out later on awesome buddy you take care mate